I'm Jane Wilcox, and you are listening to Shaclesiology, Girls Talking Church. Tell your girls a story, I won't tell you a lie. Anything you want, you can do it just fine. Come on. I'm here today with the sheet team. Besides myself, we are Jennifer Johnson, Chris Ann Swartley, Tim Ho. Today we're talking about the Barbie movie, and we are super excited to do that. We'll see if we can make some application between the church, the Barbie movie, and a patriarchy that was represented by Ken being patriarchalized. How do you like that? <laughs> okay, ladies, your overall impressions. Was it worth the hype? Because there's been a lot. There's pink everywhere. Well, I mean, I guess it's interesting that you asked that about the hype, because that was one of my first thoughts was just how interesting it has been to observe. And mm. maybe it's because I do marketing for a living, but how interesting it's been to observe it as a cultural phenomenon. So I think there's a mm. lot we want to talk about, about the content and the text of the movie um, and the significance of the actual movie itself. But just in terms of the way it has somehow resonated, mm. I think it's too easy to say, well, they had a $150 million marketing budget or whatever it was. So of course they could manufacture this, but you know what? There's a lot of movies that have huge marketing yeah. budgets and they haven't created the cultural impact that this one has. And so yes, their marketing team was extremely shrewd in how they use that money. Um, like, you know, the displays set up in some of the major theaters where you could get your picture taken with your 10 or whatever, like that was just yes. brilliant. <laughs> but I think it tapped into something deeper. Mm. And I think it would be interesting to talk about that at some point in this conversation. Is it just girl power? Cause like, why didn't Thelma and Louise tap into that 30 years right. ago? Or why haven't other movies with strong female leads, you know, all four of them in the last <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> um, I, I just, I wonder as for as much as the movie says about feminism, it says a lot about um, consumer culture. The fact that most yeah. of us in middle America grew up playing with these dolls and have been enculturated to mm. want to buy them and want the dream house and all of that. So I just think there's a lot of tentacles here. And I'm just fascinated by entire groups of people dressing up in pink. Yeah. Right. And like the theater is being sold out on Tuesday afternoons at two o'clock. Like, when does that happen? <laughs> right. It tapped into something deep and I'm not sure I have my finger on what it is. I think it's too simplistic to say, well, it just was women needed something. Well, okay. Yeah. But why this? Yeah. Mm. I think one of the things they did very well was, which was not surprising. This is, I'm, I'm not saying anything profound here, <clears throat> but for those of us that grew up playing with Barbies, and I think there was enough links of generations to have a pretty deep pull. They did a really great job at connecting with those who for those who played with Barbies and some of the nuances of it. Like the whole weird Barbie thing was brilliant. It was. <laughs> because as you know, as they're introducing weird Barbie, you're like, yes, I have friends that that melted her hair or, or completely shaved her and then drew on her face. Like mm -hmm. I think that was that was just very well done. I have to add this, by the way, because hopefully my friend is listening. I grew up uh, with a friend who I'm still great friends with. She had lots of Barbies and we go to play at her house and she would put Barbies into casts like they broke their leg and stuff. And she would wet toilet paper and wrap it around their leg to create a cast. Traction Barbie. <laughs> yes. Yes. The accident Barbie. <laughs> 
First she goes awesome. skiing and breaks her leg. Now she's oh the my gosh, fractured Barbie. Awesome. Yeah. And the stiff limbs, the way she couldn't go down the sliding thing because her limbs wouldn't bend the correct way, yes. you know, like just the way that they, um, the way that they used our visceral experience of it as a toy. Yes. And kind of like acknowledge that in the way that they portrayed it on screen. Yeah. The way her feet would stay up. <laughs> And then the sign of her malfunction was that it went yes. flat-footed. And then she tried to put on heels and she was like, oh my word, if my feet were like this all the time, I would never wear these. We, I mean, the whole thing. Every woman's like, same. <laughs> every woman is like, my feet are never been shaped that way and I still do it to myself. Right. <laughs> I think that's one of the first impressions that I have because it opened, the movie opens up in Barbie land and it's this really deep personification of toys, but in a way that takes the fantasy seriously and doesn't mm. minimize like the like the it is not apologizing for the pink. It's not apologizing for yeah. the glitter. It's not apologizing for like the disco choreographed dance number. And so in the first like five minutes, I'm like, this is so fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't yeah. even have a strong attachment to Barbie. Like I had one. Um, but Maya was like off brand. And so she wasn't in the movie <laughs> at all. Um, but it was so unapologetically fun. Like yeah. what's there to not like? It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's like so it's like so self-aware of like what it is, but in a really joyful way. Mm. Um, and so I was like, I, I watched the movie by myself, which is as an extrovert, this is a huge accomplishment for myself. <laughs> a milestone in my life I went to the movies me too, by myself. Kim, me too I went by myself I made a friend with the woman right beside me perfect <laughs> that's how you know you're a true action I'm just kind of like oh my gosh strangers I'm just gonna look ahead <laughs> there was something really nice where I'm like there's nothing yet in the first five minutes to like poo poo about it's yeah. just it's like pink and glitter and that's what you get and enjoy like the choreographed dance number for what it is okay and even making fun of the way she floats down. There are no stairs in the dream house. She just yeah, floats absolutely down. Absolutely not. <laughs> because when you're playing with her, that's how she gets from one. Yep, She's upstairs exactly. in her dream house. Yeah. And then you pick her up and you move her downstairs. So it's mm -hmm. very, to Kim's point, it's very knowing about how all the women watching that movie yeah. interacted mm -hmm. with that character. Yeah. It's, and it's like a kind of a a nonverbal call out like we see you mm. we know what your experience has been with this toy and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna kind of celebrate that right, right. we're not gonna pretend that she can walk down the stairs because yours couldn't when you were seven years couldn't walk down the stairs so. what are knees i mean exactly no one's thinking about that <laughs> right but as they're driving the barbie car how it just it just Close, you know <laughs> like you're like you're pushing it as we yeah. as we would have done and then there was Ken, who was trying to impress Barbie and decides to go surfing in the ocean. And he bounces on straight. Mm -hmm. I mean, I learned that like Ken's job is beach. Beach. Yeah. Is I beach. love not lifeguarding. But one of the things I really appreciated, probably the thing I appreciated the most about this movie, was that it has the whole Barbie feminist journey unapologetically. We get America Ferrero, we get her daughter, we get that whole story. But it would have been really easy to make a movie that's just making snarky jokes about men and bashing men mm. and being like, mm. 
elevating the women's voices at the expense of the men's. And it doesn't take that easy out. And I thought that was really helpful. It made the movie better. Yeah. Because there's plenty of little jokes there. If you like, there's, I mean, obviously there's tons of jokes about the patriarchy and about what it means to be a woman. And yes, Ken is obviously sidelined the way that women feel sidelined. And it's, there's all kinds of stuff there to feed that. Yeah. But there was nothing like Ken, Ken was trying to figure out who he was. He was on Mm -hmm. his own, like, I don't know who I am. I don't know how I fit in here. I need to figure out what I'm about and what I want to do. And I thought that was fair because it would have, I think it would have diminished or cheapened the narrative that they were trying to tell or the themes that they were trying to promote. Everybody gets to lead. Everybody gets to become who they are. Everybody gets to be less than perfect. If you only have one gender in the movie getting to have that journey. But the fact that they allowed both, um, I thought it, raised the level for everything um it it made it made fun of him but it did it in a way that was almost um kind of compassionate or at least aware yeah. of like yes there's a patriarchy but nobody's getting off scot-free in this system and everybody yeah. has to figure some things out what did you guys think about obviously he was delightful and also I don't know how he got those pecs but god love him for his keto <laughs> diet I mean I hope you would have they real? carbs I don't know. They were almost too perfect. Yeah. I found myself staring at them and not in like a weird way, like a sexual way, but just like, how did he do that to his body? (laughs) I don't know. He's like, how did that happen? I am just like, that's a lot of egg whites and, and sit-ups, you know, but anyway, um, I'm interested in what you guys thought about his character. Well, I, I, this isn't specifically about his character, but that storyline of the Barbies and the Kens I liked that they didn't clean it up perfectly at the end. Like they could have when the Kens go to the Barbies and say, you know, could we have a seat on the Supreme Court or whatever? It would have been easy to make the women so perfect that they're like, oh, yeah, now the Supreme Court's going to be equal Barbies and Kens. And they didn't do that. They made it more complex. And the Kens got what a seat on one of the lower courts or something, but not even a seat on the Supreme Court. And then. Is it Helen Mirren? Is she the narrator? She (laughs) comes in and says, maybe someday the Kens will at least have the representation that women have in the real world. And I thought, (laughs) yeah, that's great. (laughs) No, they they fully committed to the bit and like they were consistent, but in a way that I mean, every, yeah, you got the, you got the point and they used the Kens to make the point, but they did it without totally just kicking the Kens to the curb as not important. He, He didn't, Barbie didn't love him. It wasn't a romantic, you know, he didn't matter the way he wanted to matter, but he got to have some sort of journey. And I felt like that was helpful. It's Barbie Barbie and it's Ken. Ken. It's not Barbie and Ken or Ken and Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as you watch both parallel storylines, and it's obviously supposed to be kind of this like gender reversal, but I think what is so strong about it is that I think specifically women can see themselves in both roles and have felt both things before Mm -hmm. and so I think that's why it's almost like a double whammy in that I long for the like the empowerment that the Barbies have but I know what it's like to be Ken and you watch both in parallel both like the wanting and what it feels like to be marginalized or ignored Mm -hmm. um like feeling lost having to separate your identity out from different things to pull yourself back together and then to try and imagine and to push for what you hope for 
So I think that's why it's like, oh yeah, it's watching both storylines and seeing yourself in both of them. Um, and I think what's interesting to me about when people don't like the movie, I think it's like for people who can't see themselves in either. And I'm like, mm. are you okay? Like, where are you? Like, do you need a hug? Like, <laughs> like you haven't even entered Barbie land as a person. You're somewhere else. There's definitely an intention uh, to create some conscientization, becoming aware of the, like this patriarchal culture, which I appreciated. And, and maybe we can even think about, you know, or ask the question, what was it like when you walked out of the theater? And for me, I walk out and a guy holds the door for me and I'm, you know, processing that. And he, you know, he's just, he's just being who he is opening the door. And, and as I walk out into the main area, I had a different sense of maybe we understand each other a little bit better. Like I've become conscious of how you think or what your biases are and what your perceptions are. Do you as well? of women so i thought that was pretty interesting and i mean if you're if you're going to tackle such a task of helping people become aware of their biases what a great way to do it through a barbie movie i mean i would love and to have been humor. at the table yes yes i think there's some truths that we all know sometimes are better delivered with that mm. spoonful of sugar but i think if we can get people laughing or at least recognizing why something is funny then it's a little more palatable to make mm -hmm. the difficult truths go down there's some places where she's very direct i mean obviously we have to talk about america ferrera's amazing speech um which is kind of like the the moment of the movie talking about how it's literally impossible to be a woman yeah. um and that was not funny that was very earnest and that was like the rallying cry or the the let me make sure you're getting this moment. <laughs> but all the other, all the little jokes, even the one that you mentioned, yeah. Chris about Helen Marion, you know, like all those little kind of snide, funny comments, that's part of the education process. And it's, I think it's easier the flipping of the genders to tell the mm. truth is brilliant. And then doing yeah. it with like this pseudo comedy yeah. veneer is also very smart. I think they probably had a lot more impact than some documentary about the patriarchy would have. You know what I mean? What was up, what purpose did the board of directors at Mattel serve? That was so, I was just like. Maybe it's part of the helping people become conscious of how we play into a patriarchal mindset all the time. At the top, and, and it was even mentioned in the movies, there were a couple quips by Barbie as she faced the, the board of directors. And it's all men. Yeah. So at the, like, top, yeah. at the top of the Barbie organization are a bunch of men. And Will Ferrell's trying to explain, well, there have been women presidents before. Uh, and he's like, and one other time, but I can't remember when. Which, there's a lot of stuff that the board did afterwards it seemed it seemed very slapstick but that that moment was awesome for me like yeah think about this folks there should not be all men at the top of the barbie organization making decisions for women about women yeah well and it's probably why stereotypical barbie has the tiniest waist possible the biggest <laughs> boobs i mean because the young girls remember when barbie meets the table of of young girls 
And they're all like, we hated you. You're impossible. Like none of us will. Fascist. (laughs) Well, and I love the line at the end about, you know, could we just have a normal Barbie? Like Mm -hmm. somebody who just wants to wear like a flattering top and get through the day. And I'm like, has has anything more real ever been said? (laughs) Just want to look kind of cute and do my job today. Like I'm normal Barbie, you know? But yet I think at the same time, all the Barbies, all the real Barbies, like you weren't shamed for being pretty or thin or, or, or there was a big Barbie too. Like, again, it just keeps coming back to that message of like, be you, be not to be trite, but like be your best you. Mm -hmm. So if you're stereotypical Barbie, great. We love you. If you're weird Barbie. Okay. You know, and I found that to be really helpful as well, that there is kind of a rallying cry for like, let's, let's be normal. Let's take this down a notch. But at the same time, nobody was shamed for, yeah, you know, Hey, I'm Dr. Barbie. And I also have a teeny little waist. Well, great. Good. Go be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. And did they that... even apologize to weird Barbie at the end for calling mm-hmm. her weird? Yes. Yeah. That was really to her sweet. Face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes <laughs> behind your back. And sometimes behind your back. But I think there's that that montage where they're looking at all what all the Barbies do in Barbie land. And this Barbie won a Nobel Prize. And she's like, thanks, I earned it. And it was like this, this montage of women being successful or women being mm-hmm. celebrated and not apologizing. Yeah. And it's that yeah. moment where you, I had this feeling of like, I want to laugh because I know why it's comical, because yeah. it's truth, because the reality doesn't happen. And that makes me want to cry a little bit. Mm-hmm. just kind of always teetering on I know why it's funny and so yeah. I'll laugh yes. but it's like deeply yes. rooted in truth and so I like kind of want to cry confession time did anyone tear up or cry at all during the movie a little bit ladies there was this tear like huge <laughs> welling up in my eye and it, it like whew, came right down I was like wiping my eyes I think it was. I mean, I had read America Ferreira's speech a number of times because it was going around Facebook. I had read it, but hearing her say it. Mm. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was just truth, truth, just one thing right after the other. For me, it was right after Barbie talked to the young girls at the table, uh, at the lunch table for school. And, you know, they called her fascist. But it was the moment the Barbie became conscious in the real world that she used the word at one point that things are reversed here Mm. relative to Barbie world. But in that moment of her realizing that this is the way it is, it is a patriarchal world that we're living in and it made her deeply sad. And I, I completely stepped into that. And I think that was my big fat tear that came down my face of like, this is still the world we live in. This is it. The other time that it, it was uh, that I teared up a little bit when Barbie is hiding from Mattel at the board of directors because she's running because they wanted to lock her in the box. That was one of my favorite scenes as well. Her her hands are because we've all opened the Barbie box and you have to twist off the little ties to get her arms yep. out, and she was being locked in by it. Again, just brilliant, and she quick pulls her arms out and then escapes she's out of there (laughs) i love that 
So she's she's escaping. She's running through the hallways and she quick goes into a door and there's an old lady sitting there and she sits oh, down yeah. and she's having tea. And I'm like, is this the founder, the maker of of Barbie? And it turns out Ruth Handler um, is the woman. So I I I love that part that they brought into that movie. And then her and Barbie had a, a moment at the towards the end. Of, and it was something Ruth says, I think it's mothers. Is it mother? She says, yeah, it's mother stands still. So their daughters can look back and see how far they've come. Yeah. Or something like that. Love that. Love that. I mean, it's quite a, a feminist framework as well, which I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And I, so I did tear up at that point too. I'm not ready to stand still yet. I'm not there yet. I'm still moving. It's all right. It's all right. I thought that quote was like kind of sad. I understood what it meant. Yeah. But it was a, I, maybe, I don't know if we can like unpack it a little bit more That's... because it sounds like at a certain point, I don't, I don't know if this is true because I haven't experienced it, but there is a, there is a dying in mm. motherhood for the sake of your child. Mm. And I'm like, is that, is that actually true? in in some or all of the fullness of what that implies and if so what does that say to like our identities as they shift especially as we mm -hmm. age i don't is it a dot i don't know if it's a dying as much as it's there is a passing on of that effort that that um that goal that vision and it's just time to stand still. It, it doesn't mean that there's some, cause there's really not, I don't think there's anything left to, to lose or to risk. So I, I think it's a different kind of resistance by standing still while you empower the other, the generation that's coming up to go and, and to go further than you have, further than, than you could have or that you did yeah mm -hmm. as you explain like because it's standing still and so it's kind of like serving as a marker or yeah. demonstrating progress or indicating with your life in some way that we belong to this generational line and yeah. in order to understand distance you need to have point of reference and that like the women before you serve as a point of reference for like where you like how far collectively mm -hmm. we have come is that closer yeah, and you know, I'm 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 putting it back in the context of women that have gone far, and if you like Hillary Clinton or you don't like her, that's beside the point. But her life has been a model of going as far as as far as the culture would allow a woman in politics to go. Um, she couldn't beat Obama, and in a very different way, she couldn't beat Trump. But yet, in the same way, she couldn't go any further. And so I see her, there's a bit of a standing still in that moment where it was simply just the culture and where we are in the progress of women that she, that she could not go any further. Yeah, I think you can, I think one of the reasons that quote is powerful is because you can um, overlay different emotions on it based on mm -hmm. how you want to interpret it. Mm -hmm. resiliently that's not even a word but you know what I mean like yeah stand like like this is my stand kind of way mm -hmm. um 
and we and, will not go back. Exactly. <laughs> I, like, I hold the line. Yeah, we are yeah, not yeah. going back. <laughs> exactly. Like, like every inch, every inch of ground gained Yeah. to others, but to also say, and also men should be treated equal to yeah. others and Barbies of color and pregnant Barbies and weird Barbie, like just it, it, it acknowledged a broader viewpoint that rejects easy answers. Yeah. Um, and it feels weird to be saying all that about a, a movie about a bunch of like dolls. There's <laughs> definitely this emphasis on the dignity of equality. Yeah. Which I think culturally, at least the generations behind us, they are already there. Sure. And it's simply the, the, you're giving dignity to human beings when you expect equality, whether it's between the genders, uh, ableism, whatever it is. I think that's why there's I another... like, oh, I'm sorry. No, no go ahead, Kim. We've been talking about how the comedy and the setting of this doll world takes these concepts that are really real, sometimes painful, but allows us just to put it on the table. And for a mm. moment, if you were just to, to remove yourself from it and it's not pointing fingers at anyone and you can look at it and you can see like how absurd it is. Yeah. Like it looks like a, like a farce in the costume. And I think that's why when, when like the patriarchy came to Barbie land, it was about horses. Yes. They just made everything about like horses and being that guy who only knows four chords on the guitar and you put all of your six beers <laughs> in mini fridges for some reason. And you have to think it's funny. And like, if you don't think it's funny, it's because you're also someone who only knows four chords and you sang at a girl yes. for like four hours on the beach. You're the only person who doesn't think that's funny. Um, but I liked it so much because you could just look how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And I'm just like, even as a man, is that what you want? Is that really who you want to be? Not really, but when you lean into this really strange imbalance of power, you you kind of make yourself out to be this broy character that you probably mm -hmm. actually don't want to be. And I think also acknowledging that yes, we are so aware in the real world how the power differential in patriarchy is harmful, but just seeing how mm. innocuous it is, like just getting absorbed. And for some men who are not aware, it's just the water you swam in. And it's yeah. not until you take a step back and you see it cross a different line under a different lens where you can finally see it as a kind of being ridiculous. What a kind way to allow people to look at it yeah. without yeah. feeling judged or without being condemned for it and allowing them just to see, oh, it's kind of ridiculous and no one is having a good time now that there's horses everywhere in the mojo dojo casa house like no one is having a good time um even the kens are they are more respected and more powerful but not necessarily happier like yes. they didn't seem yeah. like themselves and i think that was actually really interesting it's not like they were necessarily having a good time it was very um combative energy mm -hmm. Yeah, as they were yeah. like trying to hold on to that and i'm like oh yeah no one no one's having a good time with the horses in the mini fridges <laughs> do, do you remember ken's line when he he's having this moment at the end with barbie and he says patriarchy is not about the horses and so i lost interest <laughs> funny uh but also boyish like you were interested in the horses which then got you sucked into this whole ideology and then you realize 
I just wanted to play with horses. <laughs> and it's just so knowing, so yeah. self-aware at a kind of a meta level of how we get get sucked into these cultural mindset shifts or cultural values that we have permission to say, ah, this isn't really serving me anymore. I don't need, I don't want this. It's actually just about this. I just, I, I really right. like drinking beer out of my mini fridge. Well, okay. <laughs> you can still have that. You don't have to be a misogynist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, you could have a bigger fridge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on when they return to Barbie land and they decide they're going to resist and they were, I think it was deprogramming the women one by one you mm-hmm. kidnap them bring them back and you start talking truth to them and like they snap out of it any thoughts on that i thought it was interesting that was the tactic to deprogram the barbie because when barbie goes back and sees the patriarchy and sees how all of the like president barbie now serves beers and yeah. they're like in made like french made costumes they're like we prefer it. We don't have to think. We don't have to make decisions yes. anymore. And I'm like, oh, that's really pointed because mm. it's like you can go along with that system, but at the cost of yeah. not having to be critical thinkers anymore and not having to have ownership and not having to have responsibility. Mm. And it's only when they remember things that are true. And it's it's kind of like once you know things are true, you kind of can't go back because you have yeah. this burden of knowledge now and you need to do something with it Mm -hmm. and there is that fear of responsibility to share in the leadership of a household a church a government whatever it is a risk to share in that decision making and visioning and because then if things fail you're part of the failure Whereas if you can say, well, I wasn't part of that decision-making, I didn't have that responsibility, then you're kind of absolved of that risk. I think that's hard when we're thinking about it for ourselves, because we are called co-heirs, men and women, to both rule. And I think there is, yeah, it is easier to just, literally what they did was just play dumb. But we cannot, we really truly cannot because we know about feminism or whatever, but we know the truth that that's actually not in our identity. It's not our make and model. It's not our goal. And so to not accept it, to feign ignorance is immediately a rejection. It is immediately a failure of ownership of what we're supposed to have. It's not if you have it, it's you do have it. Mm. Um, And what will you do with it? Um, And you will be held accountable for what you do or do not do yeah. with that authority and responsibility. Preach Pastor Kim. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Application to the church. Can we pull anything from the Barbie movie? Wouldn't it be fun to roll, do role reversals in church for a Sunday? Gentlemen, head off to the nursery and Sunday after, school. <laughs> after you've made communion down in the kitchen. <laughs> And organized the coffee cake for the hospitality mm. area. Let's let's do it on a potluck Sunday. Right. So after the meal's over, also you have to stay and clean up and vacuum the mm. fellowship hall and do all the dishes. And yeah. I remember the the first couple of times at Doylestown when I was preaching and there was a female worship leader and a female music mm. leader. I remember a couple of times there were comments about, oh, it's all all women on the platform this Sunday, you know, are we like 
are you got are you girls taking over and they were they were try, they were doing it in a joking way these weren't like malicious people but i think yeah. it did stand out to them that it was all mm-hmm. women on the platform and uh i always appreciated pastor randy would say for decades upon decades it was all men on the platform and we never said a word oof yeah i think something i really appreciated about the movie and we've talked about as like a mechanic for having hard discussions is that we can have really hard discussions and not point fingers at one another and we can examine it it's it's you know like when you talk about it like in marriage it's like your spouse isn't your enemy like you're one team and you need to talk about the problem I think the Barbie movie does a really good job of that actually of allowing people to feel their feelings and to see Mm. the issues and the complications not as a problem with one another but something that all of us can actually address together and that it's actually more powerful to do that if we are willing to like let go of whatever claim we have to it whatever like identity ties that we have to it if we're allowed to be gracious one another we can express wanting more for one another Mm -hmm. and as a whole it's possible to do it like this whole movie did it in two hours with you know with glitter (laughs) you know like surely we can do it you know over coffee it is so difficult for a group with power to release its power which of course we see at the end again with the supreme court thing that mm-hmm. i love the fact that they were still reluctant to give that up even after everything in the movie it was still like uh, i don't know i think that's reality and of course we follow the one person in history that ever did it perfectly mm-hmm. and gave up more power than we can imagine um more selflessly than we ever will And so to Kim's point, I think the more that we can embody Philippians 2, you know, the savior who seeing equality with God, not as something to be grasped, but who gave up his power. Like, I mean, that's the key to it. And it's the key for men, certainly, who have traditionally historically had more power. But I think it's also true for us as white people, those of us who are white. It's true for those of us who have had more opportunities vocationally or educationally. I mean, pick your privilege, pick your power, right? Mm -hmm. And the one that we can all relate to is the gender one. Perfect that this movie used that one because we can all see ourselves somewhere in that story. And so I think one of the applications to church life is to challenge ourselves and those Mm -hmm. around us and leadership to say, where is that happening here? And where is it overt? Like, you know, the obvious stuff, but then also where is it not maybe quite as overt? Where Mm -hmm. is there a group that, that is kind of holding the strings in some area that maybe isn't the most Christ honoring way to be doing church life together? Yeah. And how can we talk about that? It reminds me of um reminds me of two things. One, the scripture where the two disciples are trying to vie for positions uh next to Jesus in the in the kingdom yet to come. And Jesus, it's my favorite line. He says, Not so with you, not so with you. Whoever wants to be the greatest in the kingdom must be become a servant. I don't remember the name of the sculpture. It's uh two kids at a water fountain. And the young young boy is on his hands and knees while the little girl can get on his back to get a drink of water because they can't reach the water. The reverse is applicable too. So neither of them can get to the water without depending on the other or or someone serving so someone else can get a drink of water. Uh, that 
that is so the ethic of the kingdom. And I know it's hard. I mean, it's hard to serve, but sometimes I, I, we don't even hold it as an ideal of the kingdom. We, that means someone is always getting to drink from the fountain and someone is always serving on their hands and knees. That's not a picture of the kingdom. That's, the, that's not, not so with you, people of God. And it's, it's so hard. Again, these discussions are so complex and nuanced because as you're mm-hmm. saying, this, the statue could just as easily be reversed. We also are called to serve, mm-hmm. um, but it's so much more difficult when um, we want it to truly be of the kingdom. It should be voluntary. Yes. Just to bring it back to the movie, one of the things I liked where one of the things I really appreciated that we haven't talked about is that the Barbies weren't catty with each other. They were all for each other, yeah. right? Yeah. None of them had to be prettier or smarter or thinner or more accomplished because they all had different roles to play, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You see where I'm going with this and we can all mm-hmm. do the body of Christ metaphor. Um, I mean, I obviously <laughs> the Barbies are not the body of Christ, but just like <laughs> how much how much sideways energy do we spend trying to figure out and assign motive and judge, mm-hmm. like just stay in your lane, do your thing, try to, Try to celebrate the women around you as much as you can. I don't know. I just really appreciated yeah. that there was like, they all got a dream house. Well, and speaking of that, I loved that there was kind of this. So America Ferreira and her daughter, first of all, how cool was it that Barbie was being affected by the mom mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, and not yeah. necessarily the daughter? Like that was kind of cool. Um, but there was this distance and rift between the mother and the daughter for the longest time. But I loved how the daughter in just like following her mom to Barbie land and, and watching mm. and participating, but mm-hmm. mainly watching her mom and stereotypical Barbie go through this journey together. She kind of woke up to her mom being a full human being. Yeah. yeah. Like she wasn't just nice. mom with this dumb job and doing these dumb drawings and whatever. But she was this person with all of this history and pain and joy and dreams and hopes and disappointments and struggles. And the daughter, I mean, you kind of see her like, wow, like my mom's a real actual person. Yeah. And then she has the moment where she says, and I'm dark. I'm not not complexion wise, but there's parts of her mind that are dark. You know, I'm thinking about death. Thoughts of death she was communicating that to her daughter of like and that's who i am too and she's like yeah that's who you are mom that's who you are mm-hmm. uh, my connection to uh ecclesial things is and it goes back to the moment where barbie is just deeply saddened that in the real world things are reversed that is there is a patriarchy or a patriarchal mindset that's at play this oscillating between the real world world and the barbie world and not not that the Barbie world is the kingdom of God. It is not. <laughs> only only when we get to the end, when there's this realization that you know there's a, there's a place for everyone. Uh, there is a there is an ideal of equality. But for me, the moment when Barbie is sad that this is the way it is. Plattinga, a theologian, he wrote a book, um, not the way it's supposed to be. And when we see our world, and you realize relative to the kingdom of God. So many things in our world is that's not the way it's supposed to be. 
and that and that they were conscious of that and they were doing something to make it the way it should be to to write a crooked world that could preach a long time <laughs> i i very much appreciated that mm -hmm. okay if you if you can remember lines from the movie the funniest ones or the best ones what do you got i'll start with mine because i don't want anyone else to take it <laughs> barbie and ken they make it to the real world they are i think they're rollerblading through los angeles or hollywood Venice beach yeah yes yeah. Venice beach and barbie realizing people are objectifying her and she's appalled at that i love that Oof. i know right but at one point she she tells somebody she goes i don't have a vagina and ken here he doesn't have a penis we don't have genitals and you know when they just walk away we don't have genitals they just yeah and of course it was completely playing into some of the cultural wars that we're having about gender and sexuality what does it mean to have no genitals at all neither of us have genitals and the fact that the closing line of the movie is like i'm here to see the gynecologist yes the best oh my gosh the best that was the cherry on top of that movie yes it was you think she's gonna like go to a job interview go to school yes. or whatever and like no she's a woman now so let's have this awful experience <laughs> but she was so enthusiastic to be able to have it done. i know i know i hope that for she all women happy. i hope that they will be so enthusiastic to go to the gynecologist yes. My LOL moment was when she needed female energy. And so she went to a construction site and she thought, I thought of all places that this would have some good female energy. <laughs> right. Goodness. Yeah. Well, mine wasn't probably, um, mine, there were so many funny ones, yeah. but I think I liked it when she was talking to Ruth um, and they were talking about like becoming a human, mm. you know, what that means and stuff. And, uh, Ruth said, um, humans only have one ending, but ideas live forever. Mm. And I thought that was really powerful in the context of a movie. That's really about big ideas Yes, and what we do with them. Mm. Um, and it doesn't devalue the worth of a human life, but it also acknowledges that like, even Barbie couldn't change everything by herself. I guess in the wrong treatment, that would just be really trite and cliche, but I felt like in this movie, it worked yep. for me. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't Barbie say she wants to do the imagining and not just be the idea? Mm. I want to do the imagining. And I think, it's, I think it's about having a seat at the table, right? So you're not just the idea. You're not the product or you're not the object. Mm -hmm. You are part of the creation. I mean, you're creating... Which is quite the reversal because when you play with dolls, you are mm -hmm. acting upon them. But as she becomes human, she now can act upon her, mm -hmm. you know, act upon herself as a person and not as an object. Yeah. I think I just, it's because it's, it was in all the trailers, but they're doing the disco choreographed dancing that they do every single night. And Barbara just goes, do you ever think about dying sometimes? And everything <laughs> just stops. <laughs> and I really liked it because it's like the glitter... I don't even like glitter that much, but it's just like this really unapologetic celebration of all things fun, but also talking about like things that are like terribly morbid. I don't like, oh, the complexity to hold yes. all of it together yes. in one scene. And it's like kind of uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, that feels like me. I love it. <laughs> I really like that. And I'm like, I hope to embody 
a lot of fun, but also be like, do you ever think about dying sometimes? <laughs> Speaking of the party, every night is girls' night. Yeah. Which she says to Ken, because he's like, he asked if he could stay over. And mm -hmm. she's like, what would Why? we do? <laughs> I don't remember, but isn't he like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's like, I'm not quite sure. But he's like kind of saying it in a really seductive way. <laughs> but what I think I really appreciate it is that you can enjoy it for what it is, pitfalls yeah. and all, and still use it to spur some really interesting conversations. And it like doesn't have to be that serious. It doesn't need to start an yeah. internet war. Let Barbie <laughs> just be Barbie. Thanks a bunch for being a part of our listening community. You can show us some love by hitting the subscribe button wherever you listen to our podcast. You can learn more about us at our website at girlstalkinchurch.com. And you can also engage the She Team and other listeners by joining our Shaklesiology podcast community Facebook page. See you there. Oh!